0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Sports in the Morning. I'm your host today, Mr. William Morgan. Chris will be back tomorrow. Um, I guess he got sidetracked by some New England Patriots cheat or something. I don't know, but regardless, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> we'll say thank you for everybody watching on YouTube and Facebook and also those watching on Roku cool TV via the Northeast streaming sports production. So I want to say thank you for all of you being, being here with us today. Let me bring in my partner in crime and my brother from another mother. Mo, what's up, man?
1: Hey, good morning, Will. Good morning. You know what? There was a few moves made in the NFL at the trade deadline, but there's even bigger news to talk about this morning. Oh,
0: yeah. oh yeah, And it all happened while we were asleep. I, I, I woke up to it and it was like, oh, man, if for those who don't know, for the uninitiated, uh, Raiders fired a head coach and GM. Um I Josh long McDaniels,
1: long he's
0: grown up every team he's been to trying to bring in New England Patriots 2.0. Um the GM seems to be highly regardless, so he should find another job very, very you know, quickly. But I think this might be the end of Josh McDaniels, Mo.
1: You know what? I'm going to say it's the end for now, but Josh McDaniels will be back. Somebody will view him as this is wrong place, wrong time, part two. He'll get another opportunity. Guys like Josh McDaniels always do, but this firing, long overdue.
0: Oh, yeah, long overdue. Shit happened months ago. Um, Now, <sighs> elephant in the room, and it seems to me the reason why this happened was because your star receiver, Devontae Adams, you know how they say, closed mouth don't get fed. Well, I think in in this case, he opened his mouth, said something, said something, said something, and they finally paid attention. And if this last game didn't show you that your decision to bring in Jimmy G and get rid of Derek Carr wasn't it, it was definitely what Devontae Adams had to say.
1: And look, No one here has clean hands, right? Mark Davis, the owner, he's made some bad decisions on his account. account, Let's be fair. But again, he's the owner. So ultimately, he can clean up the act. He can get them out of there, bring in a completely new regime. The Raiders are clearly a team that's in a full out-and-out rebuild mode. Mm -hmm. They're in need of a quarterback along with some other core pieces on both sides of the football. Ooh. The only guy that you can look at and go, that's a guy, that's a guy that we can rely on. That's a guy that can make plays. That's a guy that's special is Devontae Adams.
0: Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. And we will have on Gene from Wild to Wild Sports coming to the show a little bit later to help us break this down as well as all these moves from the trade deadline. But now it looks to be Jimmy G is getting benched and, You paid him all this money. And, you know, my question is, how does he keep fooling people?
1: To be fair, um, I've never been the biggest Garoppolo guy, but I've seen him uh, over the breadth of his career, especially with the Niners. He's a solid quarterback. He's not a special quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. I don't know when the term game manager began, but Jimmy G, at his very best, is a sol- a very good game manager. Um, he's the kind of guy that can get ch- – he gets very effective in intermediate routes. He's known for not tur- – the better the best version of him is known for not turning the football over. Right. He- he's not going to go out and win you a shootout. What he's known for when he's at his best is he doesn't lose you football games. So I I don't want to kill Jimmy Garoppolo. Just like we know, Josh McDaniels will be back in a league that is quarterback driven and guys tend to get injured from time to time. Jimmy Garoppolo will still have value. He will land on his feet. But clearly, even when the Raiders signed him, you knew he wasn't their future. He wasn't part of their future. Um, He was going to be a bridge quarterback at best. And I, I would say that They'll probably bring him back. I just don't know if they're they're going to bring him back as a starter. Not if they can go out and draft their future quarterback.
0: Let me ask you a question: Do you see this as the Raiders might start to tank?
1: I, you know what? The truth is, I was surprised with them being having won three games. They actually yeah. impressed me. They actually yeah. impressed me.
0: They were fighting.
1: Right, but but I would look at them going forward a lot like the Arizona Cardinals. I don't think they have to tank. I, I just don't think they're that good a football team. I, I think they will naturally not be very good. Um, I think they've been competitive. They've won a couple of games that I didn't think they would have won, but I think they're going to get be in a position to get a high draft pick. And I, I, I would say priority number one, go get a franchise quarterback or at least draft someone who you think can be a franchise quarterback.
0: Like I say, that the whole thing, you know, with this topsy turvy. I thought, in, in my in my opinion, I thought they were gonna give at least Josh McDaniels to the end of the season before they hand him, but they decided to go ahead and do it now. So and it makes sense. It makes sense. You're at a crucial period right now. You really can't do much in the trade deadline because you can't trade a star receiver in the mid, in, in the middle of the season with a a new offense that that player would have to learn, you'd really be doing him a disservice. Um, So you couldn't, and plus that number that Devontae has is just huge. I don't know what team would come off of that right now unless there was a restructure or something like that that took place.
1: Uh, I agree. And look, also, maybe they do believe that Devontae Adams can be part of their future going forward. Now, to be clear, I still think he's one of the top wide receivers in all yes. Of football. Yes. But he's not 24 or 25. He's, I think he's teetering towards 30, or he's mm-hmm. right at 30. So he's, I, I, I still think he can play at a high level. I guess what Mark Davis and the new GM has to discuss do they think Devontae is going to be part of this going forward? And like you said, he's got a big number.
2: Mm-hmm. And when you've
1: got a big number, I, I, I don't know if somebody's going to come off of that. But what we know about today's NFL, his position is valued,
0: Covered. highly it's valued. Coveted, yes,
1: Right, it's, 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 it's not like the, the running back position that we've talked about at Nazgum. An elite wide receiver, if you pair him, especially if you can, impair, you can pair him with an elite quarterback, mm-hmm. if you can do something like that, that changes everything. Um, his impact can be profound if he goes to the right team should they decide to move off of him.
0: Give me one second,
1: not a problem, not a problem, yeah, you know what? maybe that's become the trend now the 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 james harden uh that trade that took place early uh early in the morning, like an overnight kind of thing on the low, and then you turn around and you wake up, and Mark Davis decided to call everybody at midnight and say you fired.
0: All right, let me go ahead and bring in our n f l gene. Get it, Genius. My man, my man Gene from Wire to Wild Sports. Gene, how you doing, man? I'm
3: Good phenomenal, Gene. man. It is a it is a great morning. It's uh there's birds chirping, flies <laughs> are out, and Josh McDaniels is out of a job. Yes, yes. Yeah. To, let me
0: get you, let me get some feedback from you on that.
3: Yeah, so I 14 and 32. You know what that is? That's Josh McDaniels' record after he got caught cheating. When he was six and zero with the Denver Broncos. Wow. And oh, no, I'm just wondering, do you remember what team that was against that caught him cheating? Niners. The, the San Francisco 49. Damn. They were six and zero, and Josh got caught cheating. Same patriot play <sighs> situation that he was in in New England. And since then, he's 14 and 32 as an NFL head coach. William, I have. The strongest feelings on the Raiders. I I absolutely root for them to lose. Yes. Not because I don't like the franchise or the fan base. Mm-hmm. What they did to Rich Bisaccio that was, yeah. De- after making the playoffs and being in the red zone versus the Cincinnati Bengals the year they went to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. to hire Josh McDaniels and bring him in. Embarrassing.
0: I agree. Flat that was out disrespectful. I was disrespectful
3: situation, William. The Henry Rugg situation, mm-hmm. the John Gruden situation. Rich Pisaccio took all that, took that team to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That team was playing hard. That team was playing great football. And they fired him and brought in Josh McDaniels. That franchise deserves everything it gets. This, yeah, they is, do. this is the uh, this is exactly what I wanted to see happen this morning.
0: Blow that thing up. Hopefully, we can get some better play from uh, some key guys. Josh Jacobs is still doing his thing over there, premier running back. Um, I'm kind of surprised they stuck with Renfrew for as long as, as long as they have. But he's a good receiver, so I hope he can get some more run. Um, and
3: just overall, get a defense over in, in Raider land. Come on, y'all. William, they have the most underrated defensive player in all football. Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. Crosby, Crosby. The, like, just watching him in that Lions game, The Lions dominated that football game, but any play that the Raiders made defensively was centered around Max Crosby. Even the pick six that Marcus Peters had was due to pressure from From Max Crosby. I I think they have pieces. Mm -hmm. I think a good NFL head coach can go in there and turn that team around ASAP.
0: Do you like that secondary?
3: The secondary is not great. Uh, I like John Morag. Um, but outside of Trevon, I'm not a big fan of the secondary, but the pass rush makes up for the secondary. Yeah. Man, they, Matt, have a running they have three solid receivers. They have a decent offensive line. They have a quarterback that can be a game manager. I don't, I don't think I that, agree with that the team was the problem. I think that the issue was Josh McDaniels.
0: Any, do you lead any issues for as far as what you have now on the GM?
3: Well, yeah, he he was let go also. Uh, I don't, but see, they fired him because of Josh McDaniels. It was that decision, right? When they let go Mike Mayock and Rich Pisaccio, they went in a different direction. And so when they fired Josh, Dave Ziegler had to go with him. Yeah. That was Dave's decision. I don't think they've drafted terribly. I just think as a whole, when you're married to a terrible decision, like the guy who drafted Jamarcus Russell was fired for drafting Jamarcus Russell. Yes. He could have been the best drafter ever, but he drafted Jamarcus Russell. So, like, you have to understand that when when you're married to a terrible decision like letting Rich Pisaccio go, you're going to have to go down with the ship.
0: Well, let's see what they can do. They have three and five right now, so let's see if they can right the ship. Um, they're fighting, so that's one thing that you got to give the Raiders their that they are fighting to try to stay competitive. So we'll see if they can do so. All right, while we have you here, Gene, I want to go ahead and get into some of these trade line uh, trade deadline deals that we got going on. Um, what what was some of the best? What was some of the least? And also, what team do you think should have stepped up and made a trade that didn't?
3: That's all right, well, I'll start with what were the best was. I'll tell you what scared me. You add Chase Young to a a defense that has Nick Bosa on the other side, that has Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner. That front seven is scary. And, like, I don't think any team in the NFL is going to have to see Chase Young play against their quarterback three times except the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep, We, We hate seeing him. That guy is an absolute menace. Chase Young going to San Francisco almost felt unfair. Now, I'm not saying it's unfair coming from an Eagles perspective because we do a lot of those moves ourselves. right? Yep, yep, yep. But that that move was a shout-out to John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan for being able to, to pull the trigger. And they got him for a third-round pick. Did you not think that was embarrassing how Montez Sweat went for probably pick 34, 35 early second, That's and Chase crazy. Young went for probably pick 78 late third, where the 49ers will be? It, it, it felt like John Lynch was playing chess. Everybody yeah, else playing checkers. Washington, Gene. Gene, Gene, that was a Howie Roseman move, right? That right. was kind
1: of a Howie. That was kind of a. I mean, Howie's the man, and nobody, everybody will concede Howie's the man. But that was kind of like a Howie
3: move. Great move, John Lynch has done a great job over there. Um, I do like. God. I do
0: like the I do like the sweat trade because the reason why I like that trade because I think he gives Montez a new environment. I think he gives him something new. He can go over to Chicago, reinvent himself somewhat, um, and probably be the best defensive player that they have. Um, so I do like that move for sweat.
3: Um Chase, man, it's just, to me, it's just a, a, a issue of Chase staying healthy. I mean, he really has only had one uh, significant injury, and it was just coming back from that injury. But
0: mm-hmm. if you want
3: to talk, on, you want to touch on the Montez Sweat move. He went from one awful organization to another awful organization. Mm-hmm. Chicago Bears aren't a good organization. I hate no. that trade for Montez Sweat. And I think the reason that they traded into Chicago is because Chicago has the money to overpay him in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I get that, and I understand. Chicago is trying to build, but they're going to screw that thing up again. They don't have an offensive mind head coach. They don't have an offensive coordinator to help build the offense around Justin Fields. They're going to go out and draft a quarterback this offseason and recycle the process from Mitch Trubisky to Justin Fields to now Caleb Williams, Drake May, who knows. But Chicago is a terrible organization. Uh, that That family needs to sell the team, if I'm being completely honest with you. But you want to talk about the teams that didn't make moves, Williams? Yeah. Two teams that didn't make moves. They both listen. I can. I couldn't pick one. The, they're both in the NFC. The Philadelphia Eagles bringing Kevin Byard. The San Francisco Forty Nineers bringing Chase Young. The Seattle Seahawks bringing Leonard Williams. Yes. And the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. Basically, sat on their hands. I know the Lions brought in Donovan Peoples Jones, but that's not what they needed. Mm-mm. They have Amon mm-hmm. Ross, Brown. They have Josh Reynolds. They have Jamison Williams, who they invested a first round draft pick in. They needed a rusher of the passer opposite of Aiden Hutchinson, bad. And they just they just let that go out the window. I think that Dallas and Detroit, two teams that could easily be competing for a NFC championship game, sat on their hands while the NFC's elite got stronger. Kevin Bayer, all-pro safety. Chase Young, future all-pro defensive end. Dallas and Detroit should be ashamed of themselves.
0: What do you think, Mo? Who do you think teams that should have made trades that didn't?
1: I thought first team that came to mind was the Dallas Cowboys. I, I, I just knew they would make a move to try to at least bring them closer to the Eagles and the Niners. And I know the Niners are struggling, but I, I don't think Dallas matches up well with either one of those teams. When you, when you look at both teams on both sides of the football, they, they just don't. And I thought they needed a difference maker at the trade deadline. And like Gene said, they just sat on their hands content with the roster that they have that will cost them once again in the playoffs.
0: I thought the Falcons so, should have made a move.
3: I I don't. I think the Falcons should be You think they're fine the way it. they are? I think they should be tanking. I think that they're starting to realize that Desmond Ritter is not the answer. I could have right. told you that after watching the Cincinnati-Alabama game in the college football <laughs> playoff. The guy has happy feet. He's scared of the pass rush. And, and that, you can't have that in the NFL, right? You have to be fearless at that quarterback position. I think that teams that made moves that should have, or made moves that shouldn't. I think an underrated move is Joshua Dobbs to the Minnesota Vikings. I looked at that move like, that's really interesting, right? You lose Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson's out. Kirk probably won't be back there next year after having mm-hmm. injury. So you bring Joshua Dobbs in to keep that team afloat. They're four and four, and you're bringing a quarterback in that can keep them in the playoff hunt and keep their team bought in. If you've watched – Minnesota, I got to give so much credit to Brian Flores and what he's done on that defensive side of the ball. It is incredible. He is literally making a five-star meal with like scraps from the oven that are leftovers. What he's done with that Minnesota defense to kind of get them reinvigorated and turned around, just watch the Green Bay game this week. If you didn't watch any game this week, Watch that Minnesota Green Bay game. What he did to Jordan Love, the way he confused him. Brian Flores is doing a hell of a job, and to be able to get, to be able to get a quarterback to come in who's played, by the way, reinvigorated his career. Mm-hmm. Johnny with the Arizona Cardinals, He's playing great with them. Great. great with them, right? You bring him over because K one's now back with Arizona. I think that's a super underrated move that keeps the Minnesota Vikings team bought in.
0: I said Atlanta because I was sort of kind of hoping they'll get another corner opposite AJ Terrell.
3: Then they have Jeffrey Okuda, yeah. I don't former, know, former number three overall pick, Jeffrey, Okuda. yeah.
0: But I don't know, man. What about
3: disappointment, man. He has been super disappointing. Yeah, are you an Atlanta fan? Are you a foul? I'm not an
0: Atlanta fan, I'm a Saints fan, but I watch the NFC South a lot living here in Georgia. It, by the way, y'all. It's tough being a Saints fan here in Georgia. I wear my Saints hat sometimes, and I just get blasted for it. I get blasted for it on the street. I get blasted for it. It worked. But regardless, I watch the NFC a lot. And I I like A.J. Terrell a lot. He's a good corner. They need somebody on the opposite side of him.
3: See, I don't think their defense is the problem in Atlanta. I love what Jesse Bates has brought to that team. He, is, he has been an incredible signing for Atlanta. I don't think their defense is even close to being the issue in Atlanta. A- that offense is so backwards. That coach, is. Arthur Smith is doing a terrible job down there in Atlanta. You have Kyle Pitts, the highest-drafted tight end there in it is. the history of football. You hit it. You and hit it. There's a play, and I I really wish you guys could watch. I don't know if you guys seen it. But there was a play where they had a tight end pass. So their third-string tight end was throwing to their second-string tight end (laughs) while their first-string tight end, the number four overall pick, was blocking. If that was not a culmination of what the Atlanta Falcons are doing, I don't know what is. Don't get that, man. John Robinson's seventh and Tyler Algier out-snapped them half the games this year. Yeah. It's embarrassing what Atlanta is doing on the offensive side of the ball. They put all their support into – uh, Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke looked like Joe Montana as soon as they removed Desmond Ritter from the game. He almost came back from down, I think it was 28 to nine. Yeah, versus the Titans
0: almost brought him back.
3: He looked great, he mm-hmm. looked great in that game. I think and that, a couple of buddies that, of mine, I think Man, and a couple of
0: buddies of mine were always saying that you know, you have a guy there, all you got to do is put him in, but then it's Arthur Smith because then he's got to he's got to swallow his ego and said, Hey, I. And admit he made a mistake. And I'm glad he finally did it because Heineke has shown he can play.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's definitely better than Desmond Ritter. And you kind of want to see what you have in guys like Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Because people are pretending that those guys are busts when in reality, they just don't have a quarterback that can throw them the football. The yards of separation that Kyle Pitts is getting on plays is insane.
0: I agree. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on up to some of our marquee matchups in week number nine. Mo, I'm going to start with you. Um, Miami and Kansas City, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I'm going to still go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe in Patrick Mahomes 100% (laughs) of the time. I do. I think he can just pull something out of a rabbit out of a hat whenever, no matter the situation. But I do think that the Dolphins' offense, I trust the Dolphins' offense more than I trust the Chiefs' defense. And the Chiefs' defense has actually been solid it's been good. For most of the season. But I trust the Dolphins' offense more. And, you know, everybody's making a big deal about the weapons that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have. I would say still pay attention to the weapon that he does have. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good football game, but I think the Dolphins are going to be able to put up more points.
0: What do you think,
3: Gene? I... I think that I agree with Mo. I think the Chiefs win the football game. The Chiefs coming off that emotional letdown game in Denver. I almost thought they were looking ahead to this Germany-Frankfurt series. I think it's a great way to wake up and watch some 9.30 a.m. football in That's Germany. Awesome. Can't wait to watch that. Great football game. The Dolphins have shown to be a great team beating up bad teams, Right. right. I think right. their combined wins of all their teams that they have wins against is seven. So I want to see the Miami Dolphins beat a good football team. It's also the Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes revenge game. Mm-hmm. With them oh, right, right. I yep, yep. can't wait to watch that. Yep. I think the storylines write themselves. I think Mahomes will be ready. I think the offenses will be – this is a perfect shootout, right? I think the over-under is like 51 in that game. Take the over. Take the I, over in that. I think it's going to be 38-31. I, I think it'll be a very good football game, but I'll lean to the Kansas City Chiefs. I do think Miami's a very good football team. I just want to see them beat a good football team. And I just, the Kansas City Chiefs are are one of the best.
0: Okay. They kind of, right now the Dolphins kind of remind me of, um, they kind of remind me of Cowboys South in terms of them Mm. just beating up on bad teams and not getting a quality win against a good team. So they get another crack at it this week. Uh, Gene, I'm going to stay with you. Um, Buffalo and Cincinnati, what are your thoughts?
3: I love Cincinnati, man. I do too. Joe Burrow looks completely locked in. Uh, People were talking about him regressing when he had the calf injury. He's not regressing. He got through that calf injury. He, He threw a ball to Jamar Chase versus the Arizona Cardinals a few weeks back. That was one of the prettiest deep balls I've ever seen in my entire life. He threw it 60 yards airtime on a dime, and literally you couldn't have handed it to him in a better spot. Watching him dissect, in my opinion, the best defense in the NFL last week in the San Francisco 49ers was special, right? Mm-hmm. He played great on that in that football game versus San Francisco. I think the Bengals are rolling. I think the Bengals have the Buffalo Bills number. I think the Buffalo Bills might be the most overrated team in football right now. I think people are overvaluing them because they beat up on a couple good teams and they're forgetting that they've lost. In my opinion, if you wanted to stack rank the Buffalo Bills players in order of importance, obviously Josh Allen's one. People have digs too. I don't. Matt Mulatto and Tredavious Mm. White. Yes, players On Buffalo and they're out for the season. I don't think they've looked the same since then. Their defense doesn't look very threatening. They have two good rushers three good rushers when you count Ed Oliver. Didn't they just sign Leonard Fournette
0: to the practice squad too? It,
3: it doesn't matter. Leonard <laughs> Fournette's best days are behind him. I, they did sign him to the practice squad. I don't think that matters. James Cook, Leonard Fournette, it doesn't matter. I I'm think the same the, guy. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are the better football team, and I think you'll see Joe Burrow dissect that defense like he did last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an absolute blowout in Buffalo, and um, this is the you know, the one thing I will be watching for in this game is the DeMar Hamlin effect. Um, this is the DeMar Hamlin game. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I can't wait to see. I hope they suit him up. I hope he's there. I think he can give an emotional lift to that Buffalo Bills team. But um, I, I still like Cincinnati in the football game.
0: For some reason, I'm seeing this as a bit T. Higgins game.
3: I don't know why I say it,
0: but I just think he's ready. He hasn't really done anything so far this season. That I know he was hurt before. But I really think this is going to be a big T. Higgins game. Chase is going to do his thing. But I really think this is going to be a big T. Higgins game.
3: T. I'm Higgins really... has been hurt. He's been nursing a, a rib injury. Um, so I don't, you know, I I could see that. I just, when you have Jamar Chase, I think Jamar Chase is the guy that's going to get the football all the time. He's like A.J. Brown. He's like Tyreek Hill. He's like a lot yeah. of those big-name wide receivers. Just throw him the football. How am Jamar Chase. will get it.
1: He'll
0: get
3: like he said, he's always open.
1: I I agree. Jamar Chase, his ability to get get in and out of breaks, he's a monster.
0: Mo, what do you see out of this game from Buffalo and Cincinnati?
1: So I, I think Gene just about covered it. When Joe Burrow's healthy, he did. When Joe Burrow's healthy, you got problems. There's only one other quarterback that I would take. Besides Patrick Mahomes, it is Joe Burrow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my greatest fear was in a a win that we needed was that the Cincinnati Bengals would come out and they would spread us out. And they spread us out, and he just picked the Niners apart. He he really did, and he he had them on their heels from drive one. And he's just a special player. So when I look at the matchup versus the Bills, I I don't doubt what the Bills can do on their side of the football. But I think that the Bengals are right. And once they're right, once once QB1 is right, I think the Bengals, they're on a roll right now. I expect the Bengals yep. to win this football game.
0: And when I saw when and when I saw Joe Burrow rushing the football the, the other day, oh, yeah, I said he's back. He's back. Um, let's move on to our next game. Seattle versus the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Mom, I'm going to stick with you. What do you think?
1: That's a good matchup. Yeah, it a is. Good matchup. I, it is. Most people would say the Ravens, but I, I really like Seattle. I, I really like Seattle. I think this is going to be a really good game. I don't think it's going to be high scoring, but I think if you if you got good Geno, right, We there's good Geno, bad Geno, but but the way he's been playing, the way that defense has looked and the playmakers he, he has on the outside and the moves that they just made, I actually think the biggest fear the Niners have is on their rear is, is Seattle. Seattle is the team that can actually catch them and win that division. I think Seattle wins this football game. I think they rattle Lamar Jackson a little bit. I think Lamar turns the ball over a couple of times.
3: I think the Seahawks win. What do you think, Gene? It's incredible that you said that because I I thought I was going to be on an island when I said this. I love Seattle in this football game. Their defense is exactly what you need to be able to rattle Lamar Jackson. Let me explain what I mean. When you have three cover corners, Enrique Wollen and Devin Witherspoon, I and you have Jamal Adams coming in the box, Quadre Diggs, you have the team. Jamal Adams matches up perfectly with a guy like Mark Andrews, right? And their cornerbacks, they don't need help versus Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers. They don't need any help. So what that allows Seattle to do is completely condense the box and make Lamar Jackson beating you over the top or outside the hash marks. And I don't think that happens. They say styles make fights. I think a Baltimore is a better football team than Seattle. I think Seattle matches up perfectly with this Baltimore Ravens team. And I think they go on the road and they get a win. As long as this is the one thing you got to look out for. As long as Geno Smith does not turn the football over 100%. that Ravens defense, Seattle should win this football game. They have a Thunder and Lightning combination at the running back position with Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. They have receivers that can exploit the edges. Jackson Smith and Jigmas coming into his own in that slot. You got Lockett. You got Metcalf. I like Seattle in this one. It's one of my upset specials.
0: From a fantasy football standpoint, I'm not starting Mark Andrews this week. I just don't like that matchup at all. Um I'm, I'm sitting him this week, but I do, but I agree with you guys. I do like Seattle in this football game. As long as, as long as we get good Geno, as long as we get good Geno, I like Seattle in this football game. All right. Last marquee matchup for the uh, week, week number nine, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Gene, what you thinking?
3: It's funny. Uh, this is the last matchup and I, uh, I hate the, I hate Dallas week, right? Uh, Eagles fans love <laughs> Dallas week. I hate Dallas Week, right? I do and I'm gonna tell you why I hate Dallas Week, Because A lot of Eagles fans don't want to admit this, but the Dallas Cowboys we just talk about styles make fights, right? The mm. Dallas Cowboys' style is the exact opposite of what Philadelphia wants, right? Uh, defensively, I don't think it's it's that much of an issue the way we match up with their offense, mm. but their defense, the way they play football with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence controlling and keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket around the edges, them adding interior defenders at the defensive tackle position makes it tough for Philadelphia to run the football. And they have a cornerback room that can keep up with the Philadelphia Eagles' wide receivers. I think this is extremely low-scoring football game Mark my words, this game will look ugly. We'll be asking what's wrong with Jalen Hurts. The offense will look bad. It's the week before the Eagles go into the bye. Mm -hmm. Not be surprised if Dallas comes into Philadelphia and wins this football game. It's an ugly football game. These teams match up very well as far as each side of the ball. What I'm looking for is that defense to create a spark. I need that Sean the side defense to create a spark and turn Dak Prescott over. That's how you win this football game. That Philadelphia Eagles offense that looks unstoppable, scored 38 points versus Washington. I promise you, they will have problems this week. Dan Quinn gives the Philadelphia Eagles a ton of issues. Dak Prescott's record versus the Eagles is very well noted. It's like 17 and 3 in his career. It's it's one of those things that you just need to know as an Eagles fan. The Cowboys week is a tough week for us to play. I like Dallas to cover in this one, I like Dallas to win. I'm going to take the Cowboys.
0: That's the one thing that I think Philly needs to make sure they don't do is to give Dallas short fields. Dallas takes advantage of a short field like, like no other team I've ever seen in the NFL. If they're going to take if any team to take advantage of a short field, it's definitely Dallas. Um, Mo, what do you think?
1: I think Gene is spot on that it's going to be a low-scoring game. I do agree yeah. with that. I do agree with that. But I think that it'll be about situational football as well. And while he's the younger guy, I trust Jalen Hurts more in situational football than I do in Dak Prescott. I think the Eagles defense will get Dak Prescott to turn the football over. That will be the difference in a football game. That's my belief. I think ultimately the Eagles defense will make enough plays that they win the football game.
0: What What's do you guys like better in this football game?
3: Dallas Goddard, you're talking about yeah. Dallas Goddard, Jake Ferguson. I like yeah. Jake Ferguson a lot. I'll tell you right now, I don't think Jake Ferguson's the tight end of the future for Dallas. They have really? Luke Schumacher, mm. the mm. guy that drafted in the second round, that kid's a stud. You wait until he starts playing football because I think he's better than Jake Ferguson.
0: Wow. But this would be a very entertaining game. Um, a. I think Philly can pull. I think Philly can pull this one out. It's going to be tough, but I think Philly can pull it out. They got to make sure no scooping scores, keep them out of short fields. I think Philly can win this football game. All right, Gene. Before we let you get on out of here, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Where can people check you out?
3: Well, I appreciate it. You can find me on Sports Empire Network. I do the Cheap Seats podcast with Kyle on Monday. Wire to Wire tonight. Wire to Wire Sports there you podcast go. tonight, seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can see us tomorrow morning on Roku at 10 a.m. And then tomorrow night, we do sideline to sideline, all football show. So, if football is your fix, we're here for you. I appreciate mm-hmm. y'all having me on. Always good talking sports. Appreciate you sure coming tomorrow. on, Gene. Appreciate
0: you coming on, man. Thank you. Y'all have a good day. Take care. All right, man. And as we let Gene go ahead and roll back home, we're going to take a, a short break. Will we come back from break, we'll be talking about – some NBA actions, some NBA fines, and a team losing their star player for the foreseeable future. Hang out with us. We'll be right back on Coffee and Sports in the Morning.
1: What's up, everybody? It's Catrell Simpson with Wire to Wire Sports Podcast, where we're going to cover all things breaking news, sports-related. We're going to preview games, and we're also going to give you our reaction to the games that have happened before. You can catch us on Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and if you miss us there, no worries. You can also catch us on Roku with Northeast Streaming Sports Productions from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m.
3: Hey, and listen, if you're not into all sports and just NFL, we have sideline to sideline. That's on Thursday nights from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 8 p.m. We'll break down the NFL week, the Thursday night game, and we'll preview all NFL action.
1: And if you're like me and college football is your fix, tune in every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. for Coast to Coast College Football Pre-Game Show. We'll review the previous week's action, the day's biggest games. We'll give you our pick
3: and we'll even give you some teams that are on upset alert. And if you don't catch us live, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We do also have a YouTube station, wire to wire Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.
0: All right. Welcome back to Coffee and Sports in the Morning. The host, William B. Morgan. Chris will be back with us tomorrow. Got my man Mo here. And Mo, let's go on to our next topic. Joel Embiid has been fined $35,000 for his WBDX suck it crotch chop during the Portland game, what's your opinion on that?
1: I, look, <laughs> you know what? As a fan, he was a, he he was he was in in the moment. Look, I, I know they have to find him. So uh, to me, it it I, it's not a thing. It's it it's the league had to go ahead and say, hey, you can't do that. I I, I get it. Um, I I don't think it's a big issue. Um. I think Embiid will move on from it. I don't. This is this is like a story that's a non-story, right? You're gonna get you're you're going to get fined if you do something of that nature. If you make some kind of gesture, uh, the powers that be are going to come down on you. He'll be fine. Um, Look, he's got more important issues on his mind. He should be celebrating the fact that the team got a little bit lighter, got a little bit better with the recent trade.
0: Yes. And we're gonna get into this trade in in just a little bit sure. um, but I really think, come on joel man you 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 gotta be better than this man, you just gotta be better than this you gotta I just see as a professional athlete at some point you have to set the example, and I just think this was sort of kind of immature and childish. I get frustration if things aren't going your way. I understand that. But at some point, you have to be more mature in what you do on the court. And I just Agreed. think this is Agreed. just $35,000 just wasted over doing something that's so immature. It's, it's just crazy, in my opinion.
1: It's an um, it, immature moment, but I think he'll be better.
0: He'll, yeah, he'll do better. I think better. he will. I think he, he will. I hope so, because um, like I say, now you could pretty much say um, with James Harden being out of there – He's the face of that team. If he wasn't before, he definitely is now. And you you have to set that example um, not only for yourself but for your teammates as well. Um, all right, let's go ahead and move into our next NBA talk. Our next NBA topic, as we are, you good, Will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bring our next NBA, bring our next topic up as we're waiting for our guest. My boy Brett's gonna be with us to talk about this in just one more. But there he is. What's up, Brett?
2: Hey, hey how's it going,
0: everyone? How you doing, man? Welcome, morning, to- Brett. Morning, morning, morning.
2: Say morning. I'm doing good. I'm doing good.
0: Welcome, man. Um, want to go ahead and talk to you uh, about a few things. Um, and can jump in as well. DeAndre Fox looks to be out for the foreseeable future with that ankle injury. What do you guys think this does for the Kings?
1: Uh, minus uh, well, since he's their best player, uh, somebody's gonna have to step up, so they're gonna have to get more Mano. offense from Sabonis, they're gonna have to get more offense from Keegan Murray, uh, more offense from Harrison Barnes. Don't forget that, um, you do have talent coming off the bench, and Malik Monk, who can potentially give you 20 to 25 a night while he's at, nobody has to tell Malik Monk to shoot. So, no, no, it, <laughs> it, it, he's not gonna have a problem with the extra opportunities. So I I think that the the Kings would do well if they could go 500 while De'Aaron Fox is out. That would be doing well. But they will struggle in late-game situations because he's their closer.
0: Go ahead, Brett.
2: Say not only late-game situations, but this really kills them because they don't have a guy to replicate the amount of pressure that De'Aaron Fox puts at the rim. True. They don't have a guy to collapse the defense like he does.
0: True. Very true.
2: Like now, what are you gonna do to get some interior pressure? You're gonna try to go to like maybe some more Sabonis post-ups. That doesn't sound ideal. So, I think I agree with Mo on the part that if they go 500, I think that'll be really good for them. And I think they're just gonna struggle. Now they don't really have a closer, and they don't really have a guy that can put pressure on the rim, and it's gonna make their offense painfully one-dimensional almost.
1: It definitely to be fit be- to. To be fair, how many guys in the league can replicate De'Aaron Fox's quickness? You know what well, I mean? Like, yeah. like it's yeah, it's not just that he's a loss for the Kings. There's nobody in the NBA that has that kind of quickness. His ability to change directions and stop and start, like he's just a unique talent. So it is a great loss. Um, but I but I think look, they have enough talent. I think to hold the fort down. They do. Sabonis isn't really great in post-ups unless he has mism- mismatches with smaller players. Right. He's actually a better finisher in pick and roll when he's on the move. When Sabonis is on the move, he's a tremendous finisher. But he's I not agree. really he's not really the kind of big you just throw the ball into and say go to work. It's not his strength.
0: He doesn't have a back to the basket game.
1: Not really. No.
0: <laughs> not at all. All right, let's move on to our next topic. And, Brett, I'll start with you. What do the Clippers' big three of Harden, Kawhi, and George rank amongst the other big threes in the league today?
2: I mean, I think in terms of just if we're looking at – because right now all we can do is like, kind of look at the talent as it looks on paper because we haven't seen them play together yet. I think they're right up there. I think you can make an argument that they're top – you can make an argument that they're top three just based off the name and the talents alone. I think number one right now, I think it's easily Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Aaron Gordon. The way they just fit together and they just came in this season, they've just been destroying people. After that, this is that's where it gets tough. Like, do you want to rank KD, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal? Because that, that's a very good trio on paper. They just haven't been healthy and played together yet. So with this team, I have no problem if you want to rank them in the, your as you're like number two or three, because that's just how talented all three guys are on paper. And that's honestly where I'd probably put them because that's that's just a phenomenal trio in all reality. And they should blend together very well.
0: What do you think, Mo?
1: I think that if we can take them and we rank them on what they would be on NBA 2K24, (laughs) then, then, then the Clippers would be in the top three because they'll be their healthiest in a video game. But it, but in actual in actual real life with their histories, what we know about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard's got chronic knee issues, and then you've got Paul George, uh, shoulder problems all the time. James Harden is kind of brittle himself as he's gotten older. I I I I will say this as an NBA fan, I want everybody to be healthy. Yes. I want everybody to be healthy and stay healthy. I root for that. I would like to see the Clippers in the playoffs fully healthy. Same for the Sixers, same for the Bucks. I don't want anybody to be injured, but I have to look at the history and judge them on that. And and look, on paper, it looks like a big three. What I would question is when you've got two scoring wings and a point guard who's not really a pure point guard, he's a ball-dominant player, Who's known for dribbling the air out the ball? I don't know how that works. It's it 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 sounds good, but when James Harden brings the ball up and he's dribbling the air out of the shot clock, are Kawhi and Paul George supposed to just do what everybody else does and just wait for him to get done dribbling to make a decision? I I, I think there's going to be some learning curves with those tri- with that trio on the floor. Because remember, Kawhi and Paul George, they like the ISO too. They like mm-hmm. the ISO at times as well. I, i'm not sure how that's going to work i i i i think james Harden will have more success when one of them is off the floor um then he can operate better i think when all three of them on the floor he's gonna have to give up the ball more he's gonna have to defer more and i'm not sure he's great at deferring
0: another thing that sort of kind of surprised me is the move to that you kept powell so i sort of kind of thought that that was kind of surprising that they, that they were that's able great. to keep him. That's yeah, great. Yeah, that's great for them. I, I, I thought that was kind of interesting that you was able to keep Powell. Um, what does this do? For, and, Brad, I'm going to come back to you for a quick second. What does this do for Russell Westbrook? See, this
2: one, Russ, to me, is an interesting one, right? Because he's been busting on defense. He's been doing very good. And he's been shooting really well to start the year to make it seem like he can fit with these guys. But in all reality, it really feels like even if you start him, Russ should probably be the first guy you pull so you can run him with mainly bench units. And if he's feeling it, then keep him in to close out games. Otherwise, you can run like Norman Powell at the two. So I I don't think this does that like much for Russ. Like it takes him off the ball more, but I think the easiest way to counter that is you're just pulling him from games earlier and then bringing him back in with the second unit. So right. I think there will be adjustments for Russ and there will be growing pains, but I I don't think it'll be too hard to really uh, make sure to keep him in a position where he can stay on the ball more.
0: All right. All right, Brett. Well, thank you for coming on the show, man. Thank you for taking the time to join us this morning. We do appreciate it.
2: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank
0: Thank you, man. All right. And as we, as we take our final break of the show again, I want to say thank you to Brett for joining us this morning. We're going to go into our final segment. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Deion Sanders. So hang out with us for our last segment. We'll be right back on Coffee Sports in the Morning.
3: Hey, guys. It's Pavel the Cat And Evan Rub Runners. And we are Two Guys in Hockey Talk. We are here every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time to talk all things hockey. What are we talking about, Evan? We talk KHL, AHL, ECHL, every HL hockey league you can think about. Prospects, juniors, even the professional women's hockey league. Yeah, we love it, and we
0: have a website. Two guys in hockey Docs. So give us a follow. We got articles on all things related to hockey, and we're writing all throughout the season. So make sure you tune in. We're also on
3: X or Twitter. Uh, you can find me at hockey underscore two, and you can follow me at Revan M. Or you can also go to
2: Two guys and hockey talk.com to follow everything.
0: We love hearing from you guys. So make sure you tune in, comment, like, give us a follow on our Facebook and YouTube page. We love hearing from you guys. And it's a blast talking all things hockey. Right,
2: Evan? Hey, man, it is. So, as we say every show, in the meantime and in between time,
0: keep your sticks on the ice. Cheers. Cheers.
2: All, all right, everybody. Welcome bags.
0: back. Yeah, those guys are awesome. You gotta
1: love the hockey guys. Come on, man.
0: Yes, yes. All right, we are back. Final segment for Coffee Sports in the morning. We'll say thank you for everybody for joining us. Last segment. Deion Sanders calls on the NCAA and the Rose Bowl to repay his players who had their belongings stolen last week from the Vegas locker room while they were playing a game against the UCLA Bruins. Sanders says it's a travesty to what happened to his players, and someone needs to do right by them. What are your reactions, Mo?
1: I agree with prime hundred percent. Somebody needs to compensate the Colorado Buffalo's football team for that and their players for their belongings that were stolen. I, I, I think what he's asking is not unreasonable. That does not mean that obviously the NCAA has to turn around and go, uh, here's a check. How much do you think you lost? or something of that nature. But I have no problem with Prime feeling that way. I have no problem with him saying that. Do I think that they're going to turn around and compensate his players um, for their loss? I do not. Mm-hmm. That, that's not the NCAA that I know. So, um, you know, look, I, I understand him speaking up, saying what he's got to say. He's never at a loss for words. They're not going to write, give them a check. That's not going to happen.
0: I agree with three people on this, three people. Key Williams, I agree with you. Chatel Jocenco, Shannon Sharp, I agree with you. This is an inside job. Because if you've ever been, first of all, how do you, you got to be credentialed to even get to the locker room. That's the first thing. That's the thing that's killing me. It's a task and a half to get back to an NFL, NFL or college locker room. you got to be credentialed to do so. So, this tells me, with that alone, this tells me this was an inside job. No, I, don't exactly tell inside job.
1: I don't doubt it for a minute. Now, is anybody gonna come forward and go, okay, we did it. We're, we're it ain't, it, no, they ain't gonna do it, it. It, it. Right. This 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 will go down as one of the great mysteries, right? No one's coming forward, but I, I'm with Key. Um, somebody on the inside, somebody connected to their opponent, um went down. Like I I do believe that's exactly what happened. There's no proof of that, so let's just say allegedly. That could have been what happened. um I, I don't blame prime um University of Colorado for being upset. it's it's wrong. It's disrespectful, and it's highly unnecessary to go that far. I, I really think what's going on is, because of the attention that the Colo- B- Colorado buffaloes have received um bigger schools, uh lesser known schools, everybody's coming from them, right? You know what I mean? Like like, they're not the number one ranked school in college football, but right. people are. But people very much when you play them, don't they approach them like that? Like everybody's yes. coming for the Colorado Buffaloes, and I think Prime's here for that. He totally understands that, and I'll stick by what I said before. I think when it's all said and done, I think the Colorado Buffaloes they will make a bowl, and I think that's a great first season. Yes, um, with what Prime has done with them. That yes. that was my expectations all along, and I think they're going to achieve that.
0: All right. Before we turn it over to you, Mo, to close out the show, I want to say thank you for everybody checking us out this morning, everybody checking us on Roku, everybody checking us out on YouTube, Facebook. I want to say thank you for everybody joining us. Uh, now I'm going to turn things over to Mo to close out the show. Go ahead, Mo.
1: I want to thank everybody that's in the chat. We appreciate appreciate you guys so much for showing up for us every morning. Thanks for everybody out there that's watching us on Roku, Facebook. Share this. Smash that like button. Check out all the great content that's out there and offered to you from Sports Empire Network. I want to thank Will for coming in and filling in as well as he did. That's what Will does. Every time Will's on, he kills it. So he's a a welcome guest any and every time he's on. I want to thank Gene for dropping the knowledge that he did today. Love how he broke things down in the NFL. Appreciate you guys.
0: And real quick, we'll be playing a short video from Northeast Sports. So hang around for that. I want to say thank you for everybody coming out. Once again, we do appreciate you. Check out all the fine shows here on Sports Empire Network. We'll see you again. We we'll see you guys again tomorrow, nine PM Eastern Time. Chris will be back then. We'll see you tomorrow.
3: See right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. <laughs> Let me tell you about a team I hate. All right, I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate. This oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball they try very hard to ruin it.
2: I'm from Brooklyn.
3: I don't have a problem saying it to his face.
2: Oh, from Brooklyn! Hey,
3: isn't he.